This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, he's probably the fastest QB in the league because, you know, I don't know any other QB that, you know, can't look fast, but he ain't that fast. And he got a, a cannon back there. So, for me, I'm saying, like, you turn your back, it might be over with. Because last year, I remember Patriots game, he just took off. I was like, man, this thing's fast. So, just to, you know, be out there. Not everybody can roll with him. He's like a receiver, slash quarterback, slash running back. He's a good player. Who was that? Was that Zach Brown? Oh, that was Zach Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I talked to him yesterday. That was that. And uh, he might have a very good opportunity tonight to step in. Now, I said to him, look it. Hey, you never want to get the opportunity because of an injury. But opportunity does come knocking, and you have to take advantage of it, right? And he said, absolutely. You know, he, that, that's, that's the case here. So he will be out there tonight, I'm anticipating, for Reggie Raglan. And as we know, Kevin Reddick also yesterday suffered a reportedly a sprained MCL. So there's going to be some competition now at the inside linebacker spot. I wonder if the Bills will just kind of, you know, lay off there a little bit, put a little more nickel on the field. Randall Johnson will get an opportunity. We'll see. We'll see where they go. We're still awaiting, you know, what's going to happen here with Reggie Raglan. In case you're just tuning in here on WGR Sports Radio 550, as Nate's been reporting all morning, and I've been telling you that the Bills and Reggie Raglan are all still waiting themselves to find out the extent of the injury to his knee. According to Ian Ian Rappaport, the first initial MRI came back inconclusive. We don't know why. That could be swelling. It could be somebody moving. Who knows, right? So he's going to get a second opinion, and he's going to get more clarity, hopefully, by Monday. And you can be pessimistic about that. You can be optimistic about that. There's a lot of different ways that uh, you can look at it. But I expect to see Zach Brown in tonight. I expect to see Randell Johnson in tonight. Um, we'll see where they go. You know, they could move Eric Stryker back there. He's playing the outside. We haven't touched on that position at all here on the broadcast. Coverage of Bill's training camp at WGR Sports Radio 550, presented by Duval College, Educating for Life, and by M&T Bank, the official bank of the Buffalo Bills, and brought to you by Outlet Liquor. When it's time to stock up, you'll save every day at Outlet Liquor and by Consumers Beverages, Buffalo's Beer Store. Joining me now inside the tent, the guy that uh, is always gracious enough to have me on television with him, Andy Young, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, Sal? I'm good, I'm good. Did you uh, have a nice ride in? When did you leave? How long did it take you to get here? About an hour and Are 15 minutes. Are you a minutes. slow driver or a fast driver? Right in the middle. Maybe five miles the, and Do you over. have the uh, company vehicle? I do have the company vehicle. So you have to be slower than faster? Right. Are they, they, they monitoring that maybe? I don't yeah, know. I don't know if so I So if I said how long did it take you, you said I was here in 45 minutes, probably would not go over well? No, I'm going to extend it out a little bit. Okay, I really wanted, to make, sure, wanted yeah. to make sure. Did you stop along the way? No, I didn't. Straight shot. Me too. Yep. I did that. I got to get gas, though. I'm going to do that here, like afterwards, because I had to get here. I, I was. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, I'll give myself time, but then you never know on the thruway if there's some accident somewhere and it's backed up. And I'm like, well, I got to be on the air at 11 o'clock. So luckily, uh, got here uh, uh, in time as well. I told everybody I'd give a weather update. I haven't yet. 
looks there's a lot of clouds around, but looks to be good for the scrimmage tonight. I think. Yeah, looks absolutely. to be good. I, I don't see anything on the radar, and there's nothing showing up as far as any rain in the area. We might have clouds, but I think we're going to be okay. Hey, clouds are not a bad thing. No, not at keeps all. A little it, cooler. Keep, keeps you a little cooler for sure. All right, so you've been uh, in and out of uh, training camp up here, checking out some things. The big news that you know we're following here is Reggie Raglan. Look, this team's in trouble. If Reggie Raglan's down. This is this is a tough blow to them. We don't know if he is. Ian Rappaport says uh, inconclusive MRI. But uh, what do they do? Do they go out and get somebody, Andy? I mean, you have to have somebody step up. They're in a lot of trouble if he's out for a while. Yeah, they are. And I don't know exactly who you go out and get at this point. Uh, there might be somebody who comes available at a certain point here in the preseason. But I think right now you got to go with the guys you have. And Zach Brown being number one on the list, Randall Johnson being number two, those guys going out and competing for that job. If indeed Reggie Ragland is out for an extended period of time, I know Reggie is a big part of what Rex Ryan wants to do. They love him. They think he could have been an absolute steal and still could be in the second round. They wanted him in the first even, but took Shaq Lawson ahead of him. But to see him go down and also having Shaq Lawson go down, uh, that's not a good thing if he is indeed out for an extended period of time. You know, and I, I've been saying – Zach Brown's a guy that they brought in to be, you know, even before you drafted Reggie, you didn't know if you'd get him. He was maybe penciled in to start in that spot after you knew you lost Nigel and you had to replace him. But he's not necessarily a thumper on first and second down. He's not a thumper, but he can play those downs, but he's more of an athletic guy, help out on third down. Once you got Raglan, okay, there's your first two downs. He can play third down, but if you get third and six, Zach Brown comes on the field this changes the dynamic of what teams can do against you on first and second down against the run. With Raglan out there, I feel that you know I'm so much more confident. I don't know with Zach Brown out there. Sure, I might be okay on third down, but I'm worried now about stopping the run. Yeah, and you have to see exactly how much teams are going to run against you to begin with, uh, with the defensive front that they have. They were able to do it some last year, I think. The biggest thing for the Bills is if Zach Brown is in there to kind of limit how much he has to go head-to-head with a, with a guard or go head-to-head with a great blocking back yep. and, and let him be in space like he does so well. And maybe he can run around, fly around, sideline to sideline to make plays. And also he's going to help you in that coverage game. And we know a lot of teams like to pass on first and second down too. So maybe that's an asset in that regard. Andy Young from Time Warner Cable News joining me. And uh, you cover the uh, uh, the team on the sports side of things. John Scott, yourself, you guys do a, a really good job. Give yourselves a plug, actually. Who else? I know that on the team over there. Kevin's over there as well. Yep, Kevin Carroll's kind of the veteran of the crew. He's been doing this for about, I think it's his 15th or 16th Bills camp between his time in Jamestown, right. Rochester, and Buffalo. Right. Uh, this is my fifth Bills wow. camp, I believe, and John's third. So, yeah, we've got it covered. You guys do. And um, there's a lot of different storylines out here. I know that's one, obviously, we're working on today. What are you most interested in? What is there a back? Is there a player? Is there something you're like, I just, I, I got to see how this shapes up for this team. It might not even be the most important thing for the team, but you're personally interested. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting camp because the big battles aren't at the major positions. Of course, last year we saw the three-headed monster at the quarterback battle. Uh, we saw some other things like that. This year it's depth guys, I think, and the wide receivers step out to me a little bit. I think uh, you look at guys like Des Lewis, Greg Little, uh, some of those guys, Walter Powell, I think Greg Salas has had a nice training camp so far. So I agree. who kind of shakes out there in, into those next you know, two, three, four, five guys that they're going to keep on the roster? Here, here's the thing, and I said this anyway, I don't know if you heard, but what are we talking about? It's nice to know. It's nice to know. But how much does that guy really factor into this team winning? This is a Greg Roman offense that runs more than passes than any team in the league. They won't probably won't this year, but they'll still be one of the top teams as far as running the ball versus passing the ball. We know Sammy's your number one. If he's healthy, you hope he gets 10 targets a game. Your number two, Robert Woods, is probably what? What are you talking? Six, seven targets a game? You mix Charles Clay in there, which gets another few targets. Some balls to Shady. Reggie How Bush, many are maybe? really left for that guy? We just, that, that's the thing about it's much as I agree with you, it's interesting. 
I don't know how much it really matters, though, to be quite honest. Yeah, you know what? I On agree Sunday. with you. To an extent, sure. I think that matters a bit in that you never know with Sammy's health. Right? Robert Woods has dealt with health issues throughout his In areas his career. of the field, maybe. Red zone. Sure. Third and three. You can use a guy like Des Lewis in That's the That's right. Zone. Third and three, a Greg Salas comes into play. Right. Where you're missing a guy like Chris Hogan. That's right. That inside slot guy. I think... Salas could find a nice role there. It's not the most important position on the field to the Bills because, of course, you want to throw Sammy the ball 10, 12 times a game. And if they don't, that's foolish if he's healthy. Robert Woods is going to get his share. But I think those other guys are going to mix in, and to have that wide array of ability to throw the ball to different guys, that's a good thing for Tyrod to have. Now, of course, they want to run the ball. We know Greg Roman wants to pound the football. Led the league in rushing last year. They'd hope to do that again this season. No doubt about that. And then when you look at the running back spot, I think that's another intriguing storyline. We've gone over some of the names today. Were you surprised they pursued a guy like Reggie Bush? I was, even knowing that he might just be the main return guy. Let's be honest. You don't sign Reggie Bush just to return punts or kicks. You're going to give him a chance to play. I thought they were pretty set at the running back stable, even with Carlos's suspension, to be honest with you, Andy. But So I, I was kind of surprised it would go that route. Yeah, we heard about it for a couple of weeks right. leading into it once the news of Carlos Williams' suspension came out. But you're, you're right. I thought with James... Uh, Wilder Jr. with mm-hmm. Mike Gillisley, with Jonathan Williams, with Boom Heron. They had enough behind Shady, given Shady's health and that he's healthy, to let him be, as Rex called him, the bell cow back, to kind of get by with those guys until Carlos was back on the field in shape and also from his drug suspension. But, you know, having a guy like Reggie Bush out on the field isn't a bad thing. He's a dynamic player still. He's not what he was five, six years ago, but he can certainly be an effective player on the field in terms of even doing some of the things that maybe Percy Harvin did, some gadget plays, things right. like that. And obviously that punt return, kick return game was a struggle for the Bills last season. They wanted to upgrade there. There's no doubt. And the guy that is here, there's two guys here that were in the punt return mix, Javier Arenas and Walter Powell, which looks like, and, and they've been using Greg Salas as, Greg Salas is like the ultimate emergency tool, isn't he? He can return punts. He can, do it all. He can go on a third down. I don't know. Maybe he can throw the ball. I have no idea. They used Chris Hogan last year to throw the ball. Let's remember. But he's like the ultimate emergency guy for like everything, it seems like. But the two guys that were really here that were vying for the punt return spot, Javier Arenas and Walter Powell. With Reggie Bush, I think he becomes your main guy. Now those guys have to make the team elsewhere. I don't know if there's a spot for Javier Arenas anymore. He's been playing in the nickel corner spot. He doesn't really impress me when he's there. We know Nikel Roby is there. Sterling Moore they signed. He's a, uh, 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 um, a special teams guy. I don't know. But Powell, you mentioned. I tell you, he's a guy that's jumped out at me, Andy, that I think he has a chance to actually be a wide receiver on this team. Yeah, in the couple of days I've been out here, I've seen him just consistently make plays and days where I was anchoring back in the studio and they sent back highlights. Right. I kept seeing Tyrod Taylor throwing the ball That's to Walter right. Powell. And I think, They're giving him chances deep. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens later tonight and where things shake out as far as who gets reps with who and who's on the field and who makes the most of their opportunities when they have them. I think Walter Powell is a guy who's asserted himself a little bit during this training camp. Didn't see a whole lot of him during minicamp and OTAs. We, we talked a lot about Des Lewis during minicamp and OTAs. Maybe Walter Powell's kind of sliding up that depth chart a little bit. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh we're gonna see how that shakes out, but there's only so many places you can keep now. So where do you cut the where do you cut the do fat? They keep so to seven, speak? seven. Well, here's the thing. Again? I'll tell you a name. I think a guy's in trouble. I think Marcus Easley's in trouble. And I know, it, boy, Marcus is such a, a good dude. He really is. Like he's worked so hard to get back to to try and get on the field, but that knee is still bothering him, and he hasn't been out here yet. And let's face it, you sign a lot of special teamers in the offseason. Robert Blanton, Colt Anderson, Walter Powell. Uh, Sterling Moore, Corey White, all these guys can play special teams. 
I don't know if there's a spot anymore for Marcus Easley because what does he give me at wide receiver? Nothing. He's got three catches his entire career. Caught that ball in London. We know that, right? I don't know. And I, I hate to see a guy like that because of his situation and what he's put into the game and how he had to stick around given the heart ailment, given the knee injury and all that. I just don't know if I can find a spot for him anymore. And what if they like Walter Powell more as a wide receiver, right. which is right. they have so far in training camp than Marcus Easley has produced throughout his career. So maybe that's a spot where, say, He's our fifth receiver, Walter Powell, and he can also play special teams. Maybe right. Marcus Easley loses out in a battle like that because Marcus, see it. Marcus Easley's real value on this team has been special teams, and that's really been his only value throughout right. most of his career. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, he signed a contract extension a couple of years ago. He's making a little bit more money than some of those guys, and those things do matter, especially when you're dealing with Tyrod and you're dealing with Stephon Gilmore. I want to get to the contract stuff with you in a second, what your thoughts are on all that. The other wide receiver, I keep telling people, he's out here. You can hate it all you want, but he's out here with the ones and twos every day is Marquise Goodwin. If he stays healthy, he's here, Andy. That's the that's the reality that a lot of Bills fans don't want to hear. But if he's healthy, he's on this team. And, I and, think, he, and he plays a role. Yeah, and Rex likes him. I think he really does. Rex has talked highly of him, even going back to last season. Yep. Marquise has certainly dealt with his fair share of injuries throughout his career. And if he can stay on the field, he's just so dangerous as a guy that stretches the field deep. They have that in Sammy, obviously. I think they want to get Sammy involved in some other things, too, in terms of going over the middle and things like that to really expand Sammy's game. But... Marquise Goodwin is that other guy that can take the top off a of defense, especially with Colby Listonby, the rookie, not really getting on the field. He hasn't yet. been on the field. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play this year at this point. I mean, what are we talking about? To me, it looks like a situation Goodwin plays maybe at the end of the year. You say, hey, we used him up four years. Go with the new young fast guy and put him in the place. And that's how this league works, right? You turn over, you turn over, you turn over. 803-0550 if you want to jump on board. Andy Young's here from uh, Time Warner Cable News. You can stick around for a little while, right? I'm here. All right, good. So i got a couple things I want to touch on. Um, let's look on the defensive side so I can push those other things. We can do it in the next segment. Let's look uh, still, uh, as far as personnel. Jonathan Meeks has been running with the twos lately at safety next to Robert Blanton. We know Aaron Williams. We know Corey Graham. Looks like it's going to be Blanton and Meeks, but Duke Williams is still in the mix there. Colt Anderson is still in the mix. you got to trim somebody from there as well. That's going to be an interesting battle. Yeah, I think safety is a, is a spot where they're going to keep maybe four guys, mm-hmm. maybe a fifth guy. Anderson is the special because teams guy. Because they can guy. play special teams. I know. That's, the, that's where you – so maybe you lose a guy like Duke Williams. I know, and he's the guy whose name keeps coming up, and I think right, rightfully so. Look, Duke struggled last year. He struggled with the playbook. He, he was visibly on the field. People were mad at him a few times. We could see that. He gave up things. Rex from, the, from OTAs said how he's really dedicated himself more to the game – off the field, knowing what he's supposed to be doing. I just don't know if it's too late for him. I think it might be they have these other guys they brought in. They signed two different safeties in free agency, so uh, we'll see where that goes. The guy that flashed in OTAs in minicamp on the defensive side really was Kevon Seymour. He's now – he's. I don't notice him good or bad every day. I think he's just there, which is okay for a corner, right? Yeah, and if, you don't, it, if you don't notice a corner, it's right, good. Right, that's a good thing because maybe right. he's not getting burned on a deep pass all the time like some of the guys have tended to do so. So maybe Kevon Seymour is just doing what he needs to do. He's, he's so, solid. He's okay. Right, so let me ask you this. Um, are you concerned about Ron Darby? He's not had a really good camp. He's been better lately. First several days, he was not good. Whereas on the other side, Stefan Gilmore has been tremendous. He's been maybe the best player overall out here. Do you do – you are you concerned about Ron Darby? Maybe last year was a fluke, or maybe he's just working out the kinks? He's probably just working out the kinks. It's early yet, I think, getting the pads on, things like that, and getting it figured out. I think you talk about Gilmore, that's a tough comparison because he's got so much of to course. prove at this point. He wants to go out there and yep. have the best season of his career and hit that big payday, whether it's with the Bills or somebody else. So, you know, Ronald Darby maybe easing his way into things, uh, getting a little better. I think he's gotten a little better from what I've heard along the way here over the last uh, couple of days at camp. So He has. Yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. I think he'll be 
fine. He's he's so athletic and so quick, and he, he has such uh, quick hips and things like that that I think he'll be fine. The spot they won't be fine, I think, if things don't improve here, is um, where the IK and Impali Larry Stryker rotation is, Lorenzo Alexander, whatever. All guys that give you something different, but nothing really that I want to be confident in relying upon, to be quite honest with you. I think until Manny comes back, which hopefully is sometime in this camp, we don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Manny comes back after we're got, gone out of here and they're back at the facility, but I, I'm hoping he comes back. But until that happens... I think we need to be concerned here. Yeah, that's such a big spot for Rex Ryan's defense, too, because you rely right. on that position to both stop the run and play a rush end type of position, too, right. and get after the quarterback a little bit. So to not have Shaq Lawson out there, to not have Manny Lawson out there, and be relying on these guys who are basically unproven in the NFL uh, is a tough spot for them to be in right now. Like you said, I think Manny Lawson, take your time with him. He's a veteran. If they can get him back healthy for week one, that's probably the goal. Don't look to see him in any preseason games or anything like that. No, I agree with that. I just don't see much from Enem Polly. He, he actually... He's got the body for it. He doesn't. Here's the thing. I do want to tell people, I focused a little bit on him yesterday in 11-on-11. 11 11. He did better work than I thought he would. He set the edge actually really well a couple different times. I thought he did a nice job there. He's not a quick-twitch athlete at all. He's not going to give you the explosiveness. But, look, neither is Manny Lawson. I mean, Manny Lawson, I'm not comparing the two as far as because we know Manny is a really good player. But I think at least that Impali understands his role and what he is good at and his skill set is he's not good at. And maybe he can get by here or there. I just don't want him on the field the majority of the time or even really, to be quite honest, that often because I think that just spells trouble. Now, Stryker's the opposite. Stryker's not going to set the edge that well. He doesn't have those kind of that length, that those arms. He's a quick twitch guy. He's going to get off the ball. He's going to get to the quarterback. So your best case scenario may be, Andy, and even if, if Stryker even makes the team, I don't know, certain situations, these are all just sub-package guys. That's really who they are. Right, because like a guy like Ikan and Polly was going to be the third guy at that position right. had Shaq and Manny both not gotten hurt. So. How much, fight can, for the third spot. how much can you really expect That's out of right. a guy that the Bills only expected to be maybe the third guy in the rotation there and just a depth player? I think you're going to rotate a bunch of guys. You're going to bring in Stryker on obvious passing downs if if that's how they think they can use him on quick getting around the edge yep. type of stuff. And He had a play yesterday. i got to tell you, he had a play yesterday. Uh, there was an assistant coach near me, and I said after the play, I said, okay, either Eric Stryker totally was offsides or he had the most amazing ball get-off right there off the line of scrimmage. And the assistant coach goes, I think he timed it right, which is possible. But when he does that, you're like, that's the flash. But then Rex throws water on him out here before yesterday's practice and says, look, he started the other night. Everybody talked him up. He did a couple nice things, but he had like five busts. I don't know if that's Rex motivating him, saying, kids, you're not there yet. Get back down on the third team like he did. Because Rex is a straight shooter. I think that's truly what he is, is a guy that's going to make a play or two, but then he's a liability elsewhere, and I don't know if he even makes this roster as good of a story as he is. Well, look how he got to the team. I mean, right. coming in as an undrafted free right. agent, that's not a guy that comes in with heralded uh, no. accolades and a guy that you thought would come out here instantly. And, and everybody be, knew and he was productive in Oklahoma, but there's a reason. Of course, we can point to many examples in this world of guys who don't get undrafted. There's a reason he was undrafted, though. He doesn't sure. fit. In the, where does he fit in the NFL? That's that's what their pro, the problem is here. And in this defense, you got to be long. I love the story. I love Eric Stryker. We'd all love to see Eric Stryker make this team, I think, from a personal standpoint. Sure. 
I just don't think Eric, I don't know if Eric Stryker is a good enough player to play at the NFL level on a consistent basis. He's he might need to, to be with these injuries going on. He right might now. need to be. And, and you know, the other thing is they could move him back inside where he was in OTAs in minicamp. Doesn't fit as well to me, but he could do that as well. 803-0550, If you want to jump on board, Andy Young is here from Time Warner Cable News. Covers the Bills on the sports side of thing. All right, so I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, a couple things I want to get to. Tyrod's contract, Stefan's contract, what you would do there. I'm going to go through next year's Hall of Fame eligible with you. Let's see if we can figure out who should actually get in. Because to me, Andy, there's only one guy that I would put in on the first ballot next year. The rest of the classes, uh, uh, like that, right? All right. Coverage of Bill's training camp on WGR Sports Radio 550, presented by Duval, Education for Life, and by MNC Bank, the official bank of the Buffalo Bills. Also brought to you by Outlet Liquor. When it's time to stock up, you'll save every day at Outlet Liquor. And by Consumer Beverages, Buffalo's Beer Store, back at St. John Fisher after this. Nah, they're trying to do that for the fans. You know the fans want to see the touchdowns. We know that, so that's why we play that way. We bail, and, you know, we, we make them mad, but that's what the fans want to see, touchdowns. Yeah, it always, I always think it's weird when fans come here to training camp practice, whether it's the scrimmage or practice, that they get really excited and cheer on when there's a touchdown. I'm thinking, but that's against your DB. But if there's an interception, they're like, ah, oh, quarterback, ah! Like, wait a minute, your DB just made a good play, though. All about it's the like, offense, yeah, baby. Yeah, so Stephon Gilmore right there, in a very rare moment of laughter from Stephon Gilmore, by the way, uh, re- responding to John Murphy, who said to him, and asked him about it, because Ashton Yabuti, who used to play for the Bills, was here with Murph, and Ashton said... They called the scrimmage when he played. They'd call it bag, uh, bombs over Baghdad because he knew <laughs> the guys would be throwing the deep all night because that's what the fans want to see. But that is what the fans want to see. Yeah, it definitely is. They like to see the excitement, that side of the ball, especially when you've had unproven quarterbacks. To see that guy connecting and making a shot down the field is, is a good thing. So that is Andy Young. He works at uh, Time Warner Cable News. He's, he's the only media member that took me up on my offer to join me in the tent today. Open invite. Actually, truth is I invited Andy personally, so he's here. But I did offer any other person to just pop in, and they haven't even, Andy. I mean, why don't, would I, do I smell here? Something? I don't know. By the way, this is... They're on the is, golf course. I know. Oh, jeez. That's where I should be. I, this is radio. I'm doing this with no shoes on. I got, like, my, my bare feet, lounging back. I, I'm, I got a T-shirt. I got cargo shorts, right? That's another debate for another time. <laughs> you bring me on TV. I got to get buttoned up. I got to put on the tie. Got to do all that. But let's be honest here, okay? How often do you actually wear pants when you're behind the desk? In the summer? Whenever. Maybe two out of five days during the why summer. Would you, why would you? Maybe only because of weather? Or would it be because you have to have to because you're, they're shooting your lower half? Maybe it's on a day where I might have to go out in the field a little bit, too. Okay. I want to kind of look the part. It kind of Let's say you're goofy. only going, you're only anchoring, you know you're behind the desk. On a Saturday and Sunday in August, I'm wearing shorts every time. When do you put the pants on? Only weather-related. Yeah, really. That's it. You yeah. don't have to, right? Yeah. So what, what percentage of guys in your business, in TV, the anchors, do that? Do you think there are some that, no, 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 they, they wear pants, they just want to look good, they got to wear a suit? Or do you think most of them do what you do? A lot of them do what we do now. I have Ed Kilgore's book. He actually has on the cover of his book him wearing shorts with a, a jacket and, and tie at the top to show you, yep, that's what we do. That's the real deal, man. Right. I think a lot of it has changed a little bit because some stations have you standing up where you can see the full body, so then you got to wear pants. I think some of the stations in Buffalo and Rochester yeah. do that, so you got to wear pants. But our shot, when you see us, we're sitting at a desk, so you don't see our bottom half. So I've got a suit on, tie. See, sometimes that's what happens to, to me. You guys or another uh, outlet will say, hey, can you come on and do a Bills segment? 
I'll say sure. And then be, as I'm getting dressed, I have to text the person I'm with and go, are we standing or sitting? Because I don't know. I might show up with my cargos and a uh, you know a jacket and tie, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, dude. Like, we're on the big screen. We're going to have you like do the smart board or something, right? I'm like, ooh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. I, but so, so what if – what would you think about if you were talking with or you've witnessed an anchor who is never seen on his lower half, but he says that, that I, always, I always wear pants? Would you think that guy's weird? Like, nah, why would you do that? Nah, some guys just like to look the part, look good, feel good, play good, right? Right, you know, yeah, yeah. Some guys just want to feel important and look good. And, you know, there's occasion where I'll do that, too. <laughs> but uh, I've been doing this long enough to where it's a Saturday and Sunday in August. That's okay. I'm going for comfort. That's right. It's okay. And uh, it's cool, by the way, out here at the scrimmage, we all are, by the way, because you guys got to carry all that equipment. It's hot out, all that kind of stuff. So speaking of look good, feel good, play good uh, Tyrod Taylor has looked better as of late, but the real story with him is not how he plays out here he's the number one corner, cor- uh, quarterback Excuse me. the story is his contract I've been reporting for a couple of weeks that the team and him are working on something where it's more creative, where he gets some money, and then maybe there's more of a chance to get more money later based upon the performance, and the team says, okay, we don't want to tie ourselves totally to you because we've got to see more but we don't want to let you go if you do see more so we got to have an ability to either have flexibility for us to get out. We'll give you money. We can have that flexibility, but if you're the guy, then we know we can't lose you, and we're going to give you more. Then there's a report from uh, Jason LaConfora who said two years, $30 million. I've been told that's not necessarily where they're going, Andy. It's not going to be clear-cut, but it does look shorter in nature. Everything that I've heard, everything that Jason's reporting, whatever, shorter deal. Where should this go, do you think? Do we need to invest now, this team, and Tyrod Taylor long-term? Should they just let, hey, you're under contract, dude. Play out your three mil. We can franchise you. How should the team play this? I think because of Stefan Gilmore's situation, they'd like to get something done now with Tyrod Taylor. That guarantees he gets a big raise, gets a nice chunk this season, but also forwards that onto the future a little bit to, to where they think they've got their guy, but they want to see a little bit more. It's like hockey. You hear a lot with Sabres fans, bridge deals. We don't they, see them in football that much. You don't much. see them not, that Especially much, not quarterbacks. But they're not completely sold right. on Tyrod Taylor yet. I think they think he's going to be the guy they want him to be, but they want to be doubly sure. But he also knows, and they also know, he probably deserves a little bit more I think a that's a key of it, right? A part of it is, look, you got to take care of the guy. He, what he did. I know, we know he's under contract, but there's probably a sense of, if we take care of him, give him a good, good nice raise this year in his pocket... Maybe the, the, there won't be animosity going forward. If we, if we hold true and say, you're not doing it, we're giving you the three mil this year, that's it, then maybe he says, like, why, why would I want to be in that organization? I think that's a part of it for sure about it. The risk with a short deal is if it's just X years for X dollars, which that's why I don't think that's how it's going to ultimately wind up, straight up like that. If you did two years, he could literally become a free agent again at, at the age of 29. And what if he has two solid years? Well, now you're really talking about big, big money to try and keep him around, which you don't want. What I said to the listeners earlier is let's remember, no matter what they do, you always have that tag in the back of your pocket that you could do. So if they do a two-year deal, he's here for three. He's if here he, for three. If he becomes a star, even if you have to pay him, him to 30 be, on the franchise, which you don't want to. You'll figure it out. That's right. Because you've got to have a quarterback. Now, Stefan is different. He's not making $3 million. He's making $11 million this year. He has that money up front. He's going to play on that deal. But there's no way this team can pay him Josh Norman money, nor should they. Andy, I mean... Everything I've been told, that's where he wants to go. He wants that to his agents. Look, we're better than Josh Norman. This is what the marketplace is. Give it to us. There's no way the Bills should do that. I think it would be fiscally, fiscally irresponsible for them to do that. 
But at the same time, you, you got to try and figure something out. I just don't know if it's going to work out. For years and years and years, we talked about the Bills not paying their own players, not playing the good guys that they get, and that haunting them. They had to let guys walk, things like that. Antoine Winfield, yep. guys like that you think of back in the day that Nate walked Clements. away. Uh, Jason Peters even, guys like that. I think with Stefan, it's hard to tie that much money up on the defensive side of the ball. They've got so much money invested there already. Now they got rid of Mario and his big contract, but – that's come off the books, part of that. But the other problem with Stefan is if they franchise tag him after this coming season, boy, that's a big chunk of change, and they'll have him for next season. But then what do you do after that? And he might walk at that point. Well, I think that's an option if they sign Tyrod Taylor. The way I've looked at this all along is if you sign one, you can franchise the other. And I think Doug Whaley just wants to keep the band together, together so to speak, as long as he can. And let's the, the, the reality is... Whichever one you choose, you have that one under your control for 32 more games. And you have the other one under control for 16. So if you sign a long-term deal to either one of them, the other one you actually have under control for 32 more games. I think that's the approach they're taking. From a business standpoint, the Bills don't have to be reactionary. They don't have to panic. They can have both these guys for two more years either way. That's that's the way they say, or one of the other for two more years. Either way, that's the way they look at it. And that kind of fits with the window of opportunity that they currently have. That's right. Some that's of the exactly veteran guys, right. some of the players they have on the roster currently. Sammy's coming into his prime. LaShawn is on the tail end of his prime. Guys like that, Tyrod, they hope, is just entering that prime of his career. Marcel Darius. You just locked up your left tackle long term? Yep, exactly. So you get a couple more years out of Richie Incognito. I right. think this is the window, and that would fit with like a four, three, four-year window for Rex, too, to get this team to the playoffs and where they want to be. What if they don't? You think? What's your read on that? Do you think Rex survives if they don't make the playoffs? If this season is, is a disaster and they're five and eleven or six and ten, you could make a real strong case yeah, of that Rex Ryan should not be back. You could make a real strong case that they might even clean house at that point because of how long this has gone on. Now, past history would indicate that that's not always a good thing—the churning, the turnover. But Sometimes you got to prove it eventually. You don't get an unlimited amount of years mm-hmm. to make it happen. Uh, I like Doug Whaley. I think he's done a whale of a job. He's brought in a lot of talent here. Um, and I like Rex. I think, you know, he's got his issues. Um, I think he's more focused on the defensive side of the ball, which... You it's know, okay if you have Greg that's Roman. That's okay if you have Greg Roman. Well, if Greg Roman leaves and gets a job, you got to right. make sure you shore that up. Right, but eventually you, you got to make you, what, if, what if it's 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, and seven, you just miss out? Got a couple injuries along the way. I think you, you hold on for one I more I think they season. will. Keep I, the band together, and I think as that's, you said. As everything I've reported, that's what the plan is. But, of course, and people will always remind me, and, and sure enough, they could go 2-14, and 14, he gets fired, I'm going to be told that I reported incorrectly. I'll keep saying this. You never know in late November, early December, if, Doug, if uh, Terry Pagula wakes up and goes, this is just going off the rails. I can't do this. i got to make a change. That's always possible. But the plan is to keep Rex Ryan in place, at least for another year, even if they fall short of expectations. There's no ultimatum. There's no win or else. But, man, this is a fluid league. Anything can always happen at any point. They could get to November, December, be really bad, and I just, you know, let's hope that that's not the case. Let's hope we're talking about the first playoff appearance. All right. So Andy Young is here with me, Sal Capaccio. Next year, uh, 2017 Hall of Fame class is, to me, a bunch of May. That's that's the Twitter word, kids, all right? M-E-H, May. And... This we read this up because tomorrow tonight is the Hall of Fame inductions, right? And tomorrow's the game. And Brett Favre's obviously going in. Tony Dungy. Uh, there's some big names on there. Kevin Green, who I thought was eh, okay, but you know he's going in. Orlando Pace in this class. We went over them earlier. Man, Andy, I'm looking at this list in 2017. Let's see if you and I can 
kind of sort through who might be able to get there the first time around because I think next year might be a year to get some of these guys have waited. I don't think Steve Tasker gets in. It's too big of a fight considering how many people are against a guy like him getting in and there are other receivers who aren't in yet. Like Terrell Owens isn't even in yet, right? But that's the kind of thing that can happen next year because here we go. We know LT is in, right? Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, LT was that dude. He was that dude for a long time in the NFL with the Chargers. He was the last of the great running backs of the running back era, those 90s kind of running backs. I think LT right. kind of fits in with that group. One of the of best all purpose backs of all time. He's easy first team, right? Yep. All right, first ballot, I mean. I'm going to give you some names here. I've narrowed it down to probably the best of the five best of the remaining bunch. When I'm done, Andy, you say, Sal, that guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer, if you think one. Ready? Donovan McNabb, Chad Johnson, Brian Dawkins, Jason Taylor, Heinz Ward. I think those are the five best beyond LT. Are any of them a first ballot Hall of Famer to you? Someone's going to get voted in. So I think you, maybe well, the last But would two. you? Would I? I would not ballot? put one of them in on the first ballot. If, unless all the other options were horrible because I had to vote for people. I love Donovan and went to Syracuse. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. Jason Taylor, maybe. Jason Taylor, maybe. Okay. That might be the best case I could make just in terms of he was a pretty dominant force on some very good Dolphins defenses in the mid-2000s. Heinz Ward? I don't know about Heinz Ward. He's famous. He won a Super Bowl. He won. Did he win Dancing with the Stars? He was on it. Yeah, he was on it. He, he made some big plays. People liked him. A thousand he was, catches. Yeah, he was a blocker. In an era where they threw a little more, though. Yeah. 12,000 receiving yards, 85 touchdowns, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ. He's got numbers. I just don't know the player. The player, the numbers are better than what I think the player was. The player was so all-rounded. Uh, Is he going to be blocker. punished though because he he came in, in the era when they started to? Yeah, pass I know. He, I think he will. Um, I think Brian Dawkins is m- maybe better than people realize. Eight hundred ninety-five tackles plus two hundred thirty-six assists over a thousand. Thirty-six forced fumbles, thirty-seven interceptions, twenty-six sacks, nine-time Pro Bowler. Maybe that's, that's a guy good. we could get there, right? That's pretty good. That's. He's not a guy that you would think, oh, my gosh, who's a Hall of Famer, though? When you say that, I know, that, right? that sound test of this guy. Is he might get in. Great. I don't know if I could put him on the first ballot. But as I look at this, he might be the next guy on this list. Who are some of the other guys that are eligible that are not first-timers? <sighs> I have to go back and look. Well, T.O.'s got to get in, right? He's got to get in. But here's the other one. Chad Johnson. No way, right? Not a first he's ballot. Got, he's got numbers, but not, not a first ballot guy. But he's got like 200. He's almost he's got 200 more. I'm sorry, more than 200 less receptions than Heinz Ward. Right. That's incredible. So Chad Johnson was a bigger personality probably in the game, and yes. people might remember him. The Chad Ocho Johnson's got to wait, man. He's got to wait a little bit. Heinz Ward should be in before him. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Tomorrow, uh, Tonight is the uh, NFL uh, Pro Football, I should say, Hall of Fame. Although, they should na- rename it the NFL. Because even though they say Pro Football, they never counted Warren Moon or Doug Flutie in the CFL and what they did to get him in. Right. But it is the Pro Football Hall of Fame, right? Indeed. Shouldn't they do that? I, I mean, so. I know Warren Moon's in. And when he gets in, they say, oh, look what he did in the CFL. That was never a consideration before he got in, though. So I think they should change the name. Uh, tonight, Eddie DeBartolo Jr., Tony Dungy, good player, but making it as a coach. Brett Favre, Kevin Green, Marvin Harrison, Orlando Pace, Ken Stabler, and Dick Stanfield. All right, I'm Sal Capaccio. He is Andy Young. We're going to take one final timeout. We'll come. We'll wrap things up here from Growney Stadium live on the campus of St. John Fisher College. All right, live here at St. John Fisher College on 
WGR Sports Radio 550. Tonight, 6.30 is when the scrimmage begins. 5.30, we will hear from Rex Ryan. We'll have that for you on WGR Sports Radio 550 this weekend and into Monday morning. Uh, we'll hear from him. The players are off tomorrow, by the way, so no practice tomorrow. If you plan on coming to practice tomorrow, stop, turn around, go back, don't do it, because nobody else will be here. Maybe Andy and I will be hanging out. I don't know. Uh, but uh, there is no practice tomorrow. Just tonight, there will be a scrimmage going on. What are you looking for tonight out of the quarterbacks? Are you looking for anything specific out of Tyrod? Are you looking for anything specific out of EJ or Cardale Jones? You want to see a little bit more out of Tyrod. Just it's been a little bit of a slow start yep, here in training camp. He was lights out during OTAs and mini. Camp. It, it, once he gets to live competition, I'd like to see him step up a little bit. I agree. And I think that's where I want to see a little bit of where he goes to the receivers, how he kind of spreads it around, how much they do. They're not going to show a ton. They're not going to do a ton out there, but they're going to let him go at it a little bit and, and see if he can show a little bit more than he has so far. It's not a huge concern. Tyrod is the guy. There's no worries about E.J. Manuel coming up and get him. There's no worries for Cardell to go up That's and right. get E.J. Manuel. I think Cardell has not shown he's got the accuracy or the playmaking, decision-making ability yet to even push for E.J. Manuel for that second spot. So you want to see E.J. go out there and, for his sake even, just have a nice little practice. Uh, I think he's done pretty well so far. He's had some moments, but don't go out there and throw a bunch of picks and things like that because then it starts to pile on, as as we've seen with E.J. many times. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Was it the scrimmage last year or the, was it maybe the night was it the night practice against Cleveland when everybody made fun of him because of the hospitality tent throw I think that was it right and he was he was throwing it away I mean but yeah I mean you know, it went in there you know it's it's what you just said is is a really good point Andy which is we could we could you and I both could tweet out and report on 10 great great things DJ Manuel does but the minute he does something really bad that's the piling on. Nobody cares about the 10 good things he does. I'm not saying there are 10 to 1 good things. My point is we're to a point, I think, as a fan base. There's a fan base to a point of everything he does wrong is just emblematic of who he is. And nothing he does right means anything to anybody. And he was, let's face it, he was a first-round pick. The Bills made a move. They brought him in. They expected him to come in and be the starting quarterback. It just has not panned out. So anytime that happens with a first-round pick, a guy who was touted as a guy that could come in and maybe be the savior of the franchise. It didn't work out. People are going to pile on. Now, he needs to be a confident guy, EJ does. And I'm, I'm not saying people can't criticize him by any sure. means because I've been out in front of criticizing EJ Manuel. Look, he had a, but he had a tremendous preseason last year. Yes, he did. Many, many times. So you need him to be a confident guy should Tyrod go down mm-hmm. to be in there and not throw three interceptions in a row like he did against Jacksonville mm-hmm. and lose that game for them and possibly lose them a chance to go to the playoffs. No doubt about it. No doubt. Um and with Cardale, I think it's just about simple growth here and there. It, it, like, he's not playing this year. The only way he plays is if someone gets hurt above him. That's the only way. He had he had his best day out here a couple of days ago. He made some nice throws. He sat in the pocket. He set his feet. Uh, he was looking downfield a couple times, scrambling. And then I thought he regressed the next day. But I think that's what you get with a guy like that who's raw. He's going to have really good flashes because the tools will make up for bad decision-making and things like that. But when you get things moving a little bit and you got to kind of speed up your decision-making process, the tools don't even disguise that sometimes because it just goes too haywire. Even at Ohio State, they didn't quite know what to make of him. Right. He went through that run and took them to a national championship and had three just incredible games and in leading them to the national title. They bring him in the next season because he's got all those physical tools. My God, is he a specimen. He's taller than EJ. He's mm-hmm. thick, 260 pounds, has that cannon for an arm, but he just hasn't quite been able to put it all on the field together yet. 
all the time and they have that consistency. He can make plays with his feet and he can do some things when teams aren't expecting him. And I think that was part of how successful he was at Ohio State at first. That second season when he was at Ohio State, teams knew what he was. They started figuring him out. They could game plan against him, make him throw intermediate routes, yep. accurate routes, not just run the football, truck people over, and throw bombs down the field. And I think that's what he's going to have to learn in the NFL, too. This is an absolute project for the Bills. This isn't a guy I don't think they want to come in and compete with EJ right now. Of course, they'd love him to if he was ready, and maybe he'll get better to be to that point at the end of this season or maybe next year. But this is certainly a project pick for them, a fourth-round pick. Thanks for doing this, man. Anytime. Enjoyed it. A good hour, though. We got some really good feedback, too, so we appreciate it. His, num- his name is Andy Young. Tell everybody where they can follow you, find you on Twitter. At Andy TWC News. At Andy TWC News. You can watch him on Time Warner Cable News. Uh, they're doing a great job out here. We'll be on top of uh, camp tonight, WGR Sports Radio 550. T- check WGR550.com. Thanks a lot to Nate Geary back at the station as well and coverage of Bill's training camp on WGR Sports Radio 550, presented by DeUval, Educating for Life, and by M&T Bank, the official bank of the Buffalo Bills. Also also brought to you by Outlet Liquor. When it's time to stock up, you'll save every day at Outlet Liquor. Also brought to you by Consumer Beverages, Buffalo's Beer Store. All right, 6.30 tonight is the scrimmage. You need a ticket to get in. Now, the tickets were free. They were distributed. Hopefully, you have one. If you want to take your chances getting here, and maybe someone's got one floating around, that's fine. But if you don't have a ticket, probably not a good idea to come here and then uh, be turned away. They're uh, already... I think pretty positive they're sold out. I haven't actually seen the official word on that. Pretty positive. But it's 6.30 tonight if you are coming up. Bring rain gear just in case, but I think we're going to be okay from what the weather looks like. In the meantime, head over to WGR550.com for all the latest on the Bills. ESPN Radio is up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.